Now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. And how we talk about how to get out of bed. Oops, got to touch this. Bear with me. Oh, sorry about the click there, y'all. I started the broadcast. I was listening to another podcast, and then I was like, wait, you got a podcast. All right, so for those of you that are jumping on, these are my first thoughts of the morning. I am just rolling out of bed, and one eye open frog in my throat. And guess what? It's been 88 episodes, 88 episodes. We're trying to get to 90 so we can wrap this thing up. That's our exit strategy because uh, every day, every day coming on and talking through, I think that now it's time to go back and listen, listen, people, listen, listen, people, listen. First thing you need to do, which I know is hard for some, as that is hit that share button. Okay, and I'm like, I just find that to be the weirdest, oddest thing. Facebook out here telling folk about not talking about sharing on their podcast. Hold on, y'all. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do something. How to get out of bed? I'm trying to type. Y'all know I cannot type and write and talk at the same time. See, I can't even figure out what I'm supposed to be saying. My autocorrect ain't even coming up, telling people, see, how to, look, that ain't, no wonder the autocorrect ain't coming up. How to get out, it's, the autocorrect is coming up, of bed. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop being quite silly now, quite, quite silly now, you should have been quite silly. Okay, but no, listen, listen, listen. Two more episodes, y'all. Two more episodes for the past 90 episodes. And it's been probably a few more than that, but then we found our rhythm. So I got to find the rhythm, y'all. And these last couple of episodes, I really wanted to focus on, because I want to end um, the the episodes. I want to end the book to be, to be booked, to be coming soon, book to accompany these episodes. But I wanted to pull this information out of me. I love podcasting. I podcast all the time. I've been podcasting uh, under Dryer Buzz, I think, about maybe since 2007. And then we were podcasting before all this easy software applications came. We were had to go old school pirate radio and just, you know, this, it was a lot trying to program uh, this stuff over the Internet and all that. Listen, and I, I'm sorry, y'all. I love shouting out history. And my good friend... Rose, who's a journalist, I heard her, uh, she had a, a couple of interviews this past week. And I'll go back and share some of those. I definitely am going to share those because I want that uh, in my email blast. But she did a couple of interviews, which this week just kind of fell all in my wheel well, as they say. And one, she talked to a respected, couple of other respected journalists about media. You know, there's a shift happening right now in media. So for those of you talking about love, those of you who love uh, a news junkie, being a news junkie, you love information and so forth. There's a lot of uncertainty in how things are being delivered. In fact, two of the posts I shared yesterday talked about great shifts that are happening. One, Ebony and Jet. Everybody's watching Ebony and Jet as they've been on life support for a while because they have clearly, so clearly missed this renaissance. They missed the entire Obama. I think they did. I, I felt like they could have done a whole lot more. In fact, they made the grave error of hiring somebody that was fired 
in the Obama administration. It's like, okay, go ahead and get her to pilot that Titanic. Why don't you? And so they made a lot of missed errors. And, and one of the things I thought that they should have done was gone over to YouTube like the rest of us who launched successful blogs and publications. They should have gone over to YouTube and listened to the full-on uh, there's a history maker segment over there. And then also there were some documentaries. I mean, John Johnson. And listen to why he started the publication, what he started with, what he survived. Um, let me see here. Let me, let me just do this. Johnson, I'm going to do Johnson Ebony because I hopefully got to bring it up. Let me see. And I mean, it, it was the blueprint. Um, it was the absolute blueprint for all that we're doing. And there was, and I, as I pull this up, I mean, they had, let me tell you, we talk about becoming a full-on channel, right? It, it, as a matter of fact, in two, ten years ago, ten years, nine years ago, uh, I think I might have did it ten years ago, but uh, nine years ago we put it on YouTube. Oh, my God, I'm watching my favorite cooking, one of my favorite cooking shows, and he's making something that I um, made. So, anyway, um, I put out this article called The Dog and the Bone. I think I had gone to a conference and um, it was a conference of minority media publications and so forth and, and, and being one of the first blogs and having to people trying to throw you in the box of, oh, you're black. You got to go into your, you know, black media and this, that and the other. Right. And I thought, OK, cool. It helps to stand out. But, you know, people, y'all see what's going on with the whole aerial situation. But anyway. Uh, I, I guess I think people just forget that there is a nationwide dictator of a boycott of minorities, right? I think y'all, I think we just forget, forget that. that that's something that goes on like daily. There are people that wake up and they need something from us daily and they're like, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to do anything to help them advance. Okay. That's, that's daily, right? That's what they love. That's what they live on. They like, they live on that. They thrive on that. And I don't know why. Anybody keeps changing that expectation. I don't have that expectation. I just woke up and I'm about to make the day do what it do. So, um, there, Rose did this interview and it made me think of, it made me go down this trail. I just went down thinking about all this stuff. Um, but let me go back. What's going on with Ebony and Jack? The answer to what's going on with Ebony and Jack, the fact that they are not only Ebony and Jack, but black press is missing such an amazing renaissance. I know as black press, I'm missing such an amazing renaissance simply because I'm being real stubborn right now. Like, I don't want another website. But what I have found is I'm like, okay, cool. I still have some platforms that I could talk about black stories. There's even Instagram has this little thing called share black stories. And, and I can't tell if that, I can't tell if that's the Russians or if that's something genuine Instagram wants to do, right? I don't know that I want to even put that tag on my on my stuff because the thing about it is, um, like last night I had to post a, a, a article, I had to share, I had to share a video. There were two videos that came out of Essence last night, and I found myself when I got ready to share it. I was getting ready to say female comics, but then I'm like, oh, I probably should say black female comics, and I'm like, no, that's to me that's like talk, that's like talking in the third person. I don't need to mention the obvious. You know, and I'm not and I'm not going to mention it not so that it would attract the mainstream because crossover I give a damn about. 
right? I don't. I mean, I don't give a damn about it, right? So I'm like, I don't, I'm not out here trying to like appeal to the crossover because they're going to troll. People going to troll whether they like you or not. They're going to troll if it's good. And my shit, it's good. So they're going to troll. But anyway, so I went, I'm working on this headline. And, as, and, and, and when you're working on stories and when you're trying to use your platform, you, if you get stuck on the headline, that means it's really good, right? That's when you know your, 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 your senses start going. It's really good if the headline is like, oh, I need to make this. So I was going to say, I wanted to say female comedians. And then I was like, oh, wait, you got to say black female comedians. And I was really going to say black female comedians to let black people know this is them about us. But then, you know, I was like, no, these are female comedians. Okay, because guess what? The black part is quite obvious. It's in the thumbnail. It's going to be in the thumbnail. It's all up in the video. It's all in there, you know. So people who are swiping and don't don't click in to see what. But, you know, but then I know for a fact Thanks to Nielsen and all the other analytics that are out there, Facebook and all those other things, that the people, a lot of times people looking in, oh, they're going to stop because they want to copy everything. You know, appropriation is what it is. So anyway, I shared the story of that. But then um, I also shared, that was one great thing. That I, and I've, not, I've never gone to Essence because there's usually like so much I'm involved with around uh, Atlanta during this time, and it's like, man, I still want to go. And I was really hoping to like just go ahead and do a quick road trip. That's not gonna happen. It's just not gonna happen. In fact, I don't know why Atlanta is not trying to attract Essence. Atlanta, I keep telling you, Atlanta is backwards, right? I don't know why Atlanta is not trying to steal Essence from New Orleans. Okay, I mean, I just, I just feel like we can pitch it and win it. I just, I feel like that. But we also had we also had several other events that really could have competed, but Atlanta couldn't hold on to them because you know they they just do stuff all backwards. But anyway, so keeping an eye on what's going on with Essence, but also along with that, I shared two stories about uh, the Chicago Defender and then also Ebony and Jet. Now Ebony and Jet is on life support. Probably going to unplug it any minute now. Okay, so people are watching for that because that's going to be a history gone by. But what I was talking about, one of the things that they're on life support for is because they have missed the amazing renaissance of the black story. Excuse me. And that's why blogging has was able to find its niche, its niche, its lane in all of this, because the so-called while everything else was growing with black stories, Ebony, whoever they hired and went up in there, sat in that seat in the realm, um, really, I thought Ebony and Essence was any day now going to post a white person on the cover. And I don't even mean, like, we can just say it, somebody else, the dominant society, however, however you need to mean me to say it for your sensitivities, I thought that they were going to attempt to go mainstream. Essence, I mean, Essence, you know, they, they, told, they told the line for a little bit. I think the only reason they they made they came out of that was Essence Festival, right? They figured out they figured out that they figured out the Essence Festival. And that drove them. That kept them on life support. There was even some selling, some sell they were sold for a minute, brought in some more investors and this, that, and the other. And so it's maintaining a foothold, but it's not wholly what we think it is, right? Um, but when you talk about Ebony and Jack, it is the blueprint of our society. It started out competing with Life magazine um, because, you know, you had to wait once every other blue moon uh, to see something in traditional 
in mainstream media, right? And Johnson wanted so bad to satisfy the curiosity. I mean, that's literally what he said. He wanted to satisfy our curiosity of wanting to see ourselves and wanting to see ourselves in a certain light. Now, mind you, it was, you know, um, the higher end of the gaze, you know, that G-A-Z-E, I'm trying to say, the higher end of the lens. The lens was pointed at always often at the higher end, which is what we should aspire to be. And there should be no, you know, shame in that. And the, but the problem with the black community is always having to compete with the shame. I'll write that down, shame, right? Because just trying to get to what you love, people will impart what they consider to be their wisdom, but don't realize it's, that's not your wisdom. That's your shame that you are imparting. And, and trying to keep people from a, obtaining things that they love is because of all the shame and stereotypes. Let's write down stereotypes. We talked about that yesterday. I, um, I wrote something about stereotypes, how it's interesting that when you really delve into the origin of the stereotype, it goes back to uh, us not putting the correct blame. You know, shame, there's a blame there. There's an, there's an occurrence, something occurred, and the shame, it was a layer put on it to take away the responsibility of the people that caused this thing to happen. Uh-oh, y'all, sorry, I got, a, I got a call. I had a call come through. I'll get, catch her back, and I think I know what that is. So, love, shame, stereotypes. Love, shame, stereotypes. Uh, what I love about Johnson, and Johnson being the blueprint, and one of the reasons I know as much as I think I know about Ebony and Jet is because when I got ready to start Dryer Buzz, I wanted Dryer Buzz to be a small, glossy, going into the salons, okay? And so I did two years of research of black press, black media, and the one thing I walked away from studying black press and black media is uh, it was headed for a great failure. That failure, that, um, what was the, there was this term that I, that I, that I used, history denotes failure. Um, and not just failure, but it, it, it denoted, you know, the, the racism, uh, the struggle that black press had and then trying to maintain their audience that it was that it was just it was just it was flawed. It was flawed um, simply because where when it started, where how it had to come through the country, what it had to compete with to, to get to its audience and so forth. And that's what's going on right now. But when you go back, you listen to John Johnson and how he started and why he started and what he was doing and what he was trying to accomplish. There would be no, there would be no reason for you to close those doors, and they are missing the renaissance. Like I mean, I, I'm gonna tell you like this: Hell, Barack and Michelle and those kids should have been on the cover every month, not just here or there. I mean, I started up. We had an Obama chef in the house, right? Where it literally we couldn't put no more up there. I even have an Obama shower curtain, and I'm like, and I went, had to go buy a shower curtain the other day, and I was like. Dang, can I open the bunk? You know how you buy stuff, you're like, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be worth something someday. You don't want to open it, but like, I needed a new shower curtain. And I'm like, can I open the Obama shower curtain? But then I, do I really want Obama in the shower? And I'm like, no, I don't. So I didn't open it. I went out and bought, um, I bought a shower, a shower curtain. I think I bought two of them, so one of them walked. Somebody got one of my shower curtains. Or maybe we use one of them. I don't know. So to that... There's no reason that this mag. There's no reason whatsoever, uh, and I and I'll tell you, they also 
tried to start uh, kind of a festival, I want to say. Yeah, and, and I think they, they went around, they did these, like it was like a black family reunion kind of thing. And everybody knows they had fashion fair. You have fashion, had have fashion fair. I mean, it's like it, the beauty industry being what it was, what it is, I mean, sorry, the beauty industry being what it is today, when most of the people that are ending up on the Forbes list, y'all, most of the, the new faces on the Forbes list are coming through the beauty industry, putting out a lipstick and putting out a, a thing. You know, nobody's doing skin. If like, yeah, some of y'all need to like stop paying all that stuff on and let's get down to some skincare. You know, I mean, how are you, how are you on life support? You know why they on life support? And I know, and people are also saying that they tried to pull up a huff post, uh, meaning trying to get people to write for nothing and didn't want to pay people. Well, they didn't have no money to pay. They don't. They're on life support. There was some bad management. You know, they hired the girl that made that had the biggest screw up. I'm sorry. They hired the woman, very smart woman. However, she had the biggest screw up in the White House. Her name just fell off my tongue. Biggest screw up in the White House. And, of course, you know, friends, friendships being what they are. Oh, girl, come on over here and we'll, we'll let you helm. We'll take, let you take the helm of Ebony and Jet. And that thing went down here, like, so fast. Because one of the things they did was they tried to change the cover of Ebony um, to make it blend in. You know, so I guess someone other than us would reach for it off of the, um, off the um, magazine shelf. You know, it's off the newsstand. And let me tell you, I love a newsstand. I love a newsstand. The only place I can find a newsstand today is walking into the library. My neighborhood library, when you walk in, they have this wall of periodicals. Okay, people are like, what's that? What's a periodical? What's a periodical? Well, a periodical is the magazines and the newspapers. And so when you walk into the library, and many people are like, what's a library? Uh, well, library is a government-funded uh, entity in edifice that exists within your in, within your neighborhood within walking distance that is filled with everything that is bound in a book or a volume. If you look at the front of your magazine, it has something on it. It tells you what volume that magazine finds. You mean, which means you can go to the library in your neighborhood, go back into the stacks, pull out that volume, and every every issue is archived, right? And so, oh, there's a Prince exclusive tribute concert Sunday, October twentieth. Uh oh, we'll be there. All right, and so. You go into the stats, and one of the things I love to do is go into the per- periodicals and, and go back and read. I, pre- I love reading about the 60s um, because the 60s were, were when everybody migrated to Atlanta. Not everybody's a native. They love to say they've been here forever, but some of y'all rolled up on the 60s, and they rolled up during the decade of assassinations when assassinations, when America was assassinating people all around the country, including one of its presidents and all his siblings. Um, so, you know, his the last sibling was supposed to be vice president, and lo and behold, he was like not well anymore. Okay, but anyway, um, so you can go to your library, and let me tell you, there, there's nothing better than hanging out in your neighborhood library. In fact, um, there's a lot of money being poured into the libraries now. Apparently, somebody's not in office uh, blocking all this budget, and so now there's money going back into. Uh, libraries and they're they're the most amazing thing that's why when I started Dryer Buzz I could go back and do this research on black publications to get to what I love and I realized okay I cannot go out here and risk any amount of money in a glossy can't do it one because we were in a climate where businesses because the Clinton 
uh, where the Clintons were in office and businesses weren't able to um, put money in their marketing budget. Well, you can't start a, you can't start a publication in a time when people can't put money in their marketing budget because during that time, the majority of the money, uh, there, was, there weren't any like royalties being paid on content like there is today. Like you can create something today and make money off of it, you know, from there on. Um, that, 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 like people back then, they bought a magazine that's done, you know, and if they didn't subscribe and buy more, you know, you weren't going to get any more money. But at the same time, there was this amazing renaissance happening and all of these publications, you know, they didn't want to take, you know, people used to write letters to the editors and, you know, and then you're like, well, I don't need to write to the editor. I can write my own. I can post my own. I can become my own editor and put out my own content and serve my community uh, for all that is needed. I got an uh, inbox this morning. Say, hey, listen, you still do community interviews because people are seeing that I have turned the email blast back on. They're like, what? You still got head? You still rolling the headlines? You know, can we get an interview? Um, this is what's going on and this, that, and the other. And I said, well, I'm wrapping up a 90-episode podcast. I will be starting a new podcast called Buzzard or Bash It, and it's going to be out live uh, in the community, right? So I was like, hey, let's go ahead and get that scheduled, right? Because they will try to call Black Press, and Black Press is like, well, you know, we're getting ready to shut the doors because you're missing the renaissance. There is an amazing renaissance, and I don't know who Ebony and Jet needs to go to to somebody to write that check, but if you go back and listen, go back and realize, well, who did John Johnson go to? to get that, get that money, right? First thing, the first, first thing he did was he went to his mother and he, he, he got some money from her. And then he said, mom, I got this plan. And then, in fact, I pitched my mother the same way he pitched John Johnson, John Johnson pitched his mother. Cause that's what I was like, Oh, that's how you do this. Cause you know, who got money, but to your parents, right? We're part of that generation. My generation is part of that generation where, you know, we had a little bit of savings. You know, we had a nice 401 and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't have, we, don't have, we didn't come up with pensions. You know, our job's not trying to pay us for life. What do you mean pay you for life? I mean, like a pension. Do I, when I leave, you know, don't I get, still get a check? It was like, no, that was the boomer generation. Okay. Oh, mom and dad, those are boomers. So they like, they, they retire from their jobs and stuff. They still get, they got pit, they got money. They got checks coming in for life. Okay, so I took my, I took Johnson's pitch to his mother and I went and I pitched my mother. And, uh, and so she was like, well, it sounds like you need to do a little bit more research. She said, here's what it would do. Uh, take two years, take two years. And she was always like, take two years. You know, my, my parents were Aquarius and they were all, they are. My dad, it's like, I hated asking them for anything because you had to have all your facts, right? You had to have everything. Like, it, like you, what do you mean you think? I'm just a thought. It's, no, no, let's go ahead. Let's, let's get that. Let's think that all the way through. I used to hate to hear that, y'all. I was a Scorpio, right? A Scorpio bonded, born to two Aquarius. Two Aquarius born a week apart. Like, my numerology, my numbers is just like, was just like, just real, real whack, right? I love, I love them to death, but y'all don't know the difficulties of being an only child of two Aquarius. I mean, they, they had nobody else to pay attention to. And I was like, I used to love when, I used to love when they start paying attention to others, other, other things. Oh my God, y'all don't understand. Like, I love, let me turn this down. Like, I love, y'all see my dad's timeline. People are like, girl, your dad stay lit. I'm so glad. Can you imagine if he wasn't? Where would it be? All up in my business. I'm just saying. That's my dad. Right. So anyway, 
I took Johnson's pitch. Johnson went to his mom. And he pitched her um, to get some money to start um, a, a Jet Magazine, open an office, and she gave him a little bit of money, but then she also allowed him to finance uh, the furniture because, you know, back then, if you had anything that was collateral, you can go and, you know, get some money for it. And I think he only got, like, probably, I don't, I think, I want to say the first thing he had, Started with like $45. That was a lot of money back then. And then maybe $400. It was $450. I don't know what it was. What it was. But his mom let him uh, finance the furniture. He was excited for the day. He was able to pay that off. But he was able to start the publication. He did attract some investors. And in fact, um, uh, one, one dear friend. And, I, and I, I, I would love to say this is why y'all go to one of the particular furniture rental places. It's because one of his dear friends was the guy that owned the furniture rental and it was a white guy i believe or maybe he was some not one anyone let's not identify him as white he was of some ethnicity other than black and he uh had one of the furniture rental places and he also financed a lot of what was going on in the civil rights movement and so he knew that they knew that black people for the most part trusted first and foremost uh, their own sources don't y'all don't y'all don't even think about that today, but they knew that it, that's what they trusted, and so all the lenses were on Ebony and Jet back in the day, particularly the White House, because they were like you know black people follow black press, right? Because I mean it was your trusted source. It was, it was whether it was radio, newspapers, which is why you had all the black newspapers. Um, and then, and then here comes this magazine. It looks just as good as Life Magazine. Life Magazine used to be huge. You know, it was, it was like huge. You get it and you lay it out, you know, and it like take up half your bed. And Johnson wanted that same thing with the lens on the black community and satisfying the satisfying black curiosity, the curiosity that we have. And, and, and that was just a goal of his that, let me write that down. Curiosity. I'm writing curiosity down under stereotypes because the stereotypes were put out there to to shun the 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 curiosity stereotypes come out of people trying to disrupt or disrupt our curiosity people who on a daily are out here trying to disrupt our lives make us uncomfortable your friends out there continuously sharing their posts don't even know the origins of some of these posts you're sharing but you're sharing sharing them causing all kind of trauma within our community. And I'm like, stop. And I'm like, and it's at a point where we have to unfollow you. You just cannot keep hitting the share button just because it, it oh, that gets a lot of engagement. You cannot. You've got to stop sharing police brutality video. If you want to have the conversation, talk about it, because we've all seen it. If you notice, and I've noticed, I would post a comment. I'll, I'll start a thread without any image, without any video, and everybody has seen it. But I'm not going to further that because I know what it's doing psychologically to me when I'm out and about. I've gotten to the point where I just don't like being around certain people. It is causing me to be on guard in certain spaces. You know, I'm I'm like, whoa, I shouldn't feel like this about police because I'm I'm now believing that it's a whole lot of police out there protecting us from some of these crazies. Because, I mean, they know who they are. And they know who's hiring them, and they know why they're on the, on, the, on the force. But the one reason many of them have been hired is really to protect us from them. 
Okay, more so than some of these criminals out here running around. And, and you know, and it, it's a thing. But let's get back to this. I'm going to go over here. I wanted to, um, when, whenever I can, infuse a little piece of audio. But let me tell you, I mean, just think about Ebony and Jet being on life support when everything about what's going on today with social media. One of the reasons, like I said, I had to share two headlines, not one, but two headlines yesterday about uh, the shift in press. And that's the Chicago Defender going full on digital, which which everybody here's what I'd said 10 years ago. More actually, I, I'm, I said it. I've said it forever. And I finally wrote uh, a blog post about it. And thank God I was doing at the time I was taking the stories and turning them into podcasts and, and, and archiving them on YouTube. But I had this one about the dog and the bone. And that's what I talked about what was going on with uh, traditional media is like they had the bone, they, they had the bone and they walked past their reflection and they saw another dog with a bone and thought that dog, that bone was big, bigger and meatier, or they just wanted it both. That's what happened to, to newspapers and magazines. You know, they saw these people living this life online and building this influence, but they weren't building, nobody was making billion dollar revenues and nobody had a billion dollar budget, right? But yet they were so envious of this popularity that was happening online that they came online and they decided that they would give away their content, all of their content. Oh, we got to compete with these bloggers. Like, what do you mean compete with the bloggers? The bloggers are driving traffic to the newspapers, to the radio, to the television. What do you mean compete with as opposed to, you know, and they didn't want to open their doors. They didn't want to publish what you know, the content that we were putting out there, uh, they just, they just started competing. They, they, it's like, it was just dumb. It was a dumb move. Um, and they started trying to attract that audience, but they, but you got to understand this audience, they like this free stuff. All right. So these, these are the people who didn't want to pay 25 cents for the newspaper or a couple of dollars a month for the subscription. Why are you trying to attract them? And so they attracted them, and then guess what? They couldn't meet their budgets. They started having to lay off all these people. Now they got people to just sit and look for stuff that's trending. It's like nobody puts out an original story. Nobody goes out and does any more interviews and all that kind of stuff. I'm saying nobody, and I hate saying nobody. A select few, only a select few are still doing original content. They are still going out, doing the research. And normally that was always the newspapers, but now the newspapers. So... Um, decades ago, I said, okay, here's what's going to, here's how the shift needs to happen. Um, television needs to first and foremost consider other screens. Television fought that like forever. No, you need to go sit down somewhere and look at your television. And, and people had all kind of ideas. Like say, for instance, uh, the idea for YouTube uh, a gentleman tried to sell it to CBS. CBS told him he was crazy. He took his money. He went and bought an apple farm. Uh, his name was Josh Harris. And he was like, no, I'm telling you, people will want to watch on all these different screens. Uh, screen time is going to be, they're going to watch way more television on these screens than they ever watched on television and so forth. And they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. And he was like, okay, keep calling me crazy. He went and bought an apple farm and did all those other crazy stuff. And people still trying to figure out where is he to this day? He's out there somewhere. Um, so red, and then they said, and then I was like, okay, if that is to happen, television got to consider all these other screens, right? And television has to become a two-way conversation. That was the thing. Television needed to become a two-way conversation. Lo and behold, came Twitter and made help television embrace becoming a two-way conversation. 
because uh, if they did not become a two-way conversation, it was going to go the way of the music industry and lose its footing and all of its billions of dollars. So television was like, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna uh, balk at technology. Start reading some of these tweets, right? Uh, while on the air, you know, start even just talking about tweets and stuff like that. And being that people were watching television, and wait, wait, they they they're taking comments somewhere. Where are they taking these comments? Where are they? We were like this thing called Twitter. Well, put it on, put it on. Where do I get it? Go online, go online. And then they started going to their phones and all this kind of stuff. And so therefore, Twitter. Saved television. Twitter saved television. And so the next thing is like, okay, now radio needs to become TV. It needs to, they need to put a lens on, we need to be able to watch radio. In fact, if you go out there, check the hashtag, watch radio, you will see the first time I said it. We need to be able to watch radio. For a full 10 years, radio fault bringing in the cameras they was like no you know because we got to own the content we got to run the commercials and the ads and all that and for a full-on 10 years they fought allowing people to watch radio to the point that they lost their audience well if you if they can't watch and listen to you they're going to watch and listen to a whole lot of other people and that's how podcasting found its footing and now you got radio out there tomorrow listen to the podcast which is dumb as hell it's like, why are you sending people to a podcast? Why aren't you just rebroadcasting? It's like, why is radio still a one shot? Why, why, isn't, why are you still trying to have 24 hours of programming? Why aren't you like replaying this stuff? It took them a full on 15 years to start adding um, replays, on air replays, right? It's like, um, rebroadcast some of this stuff. Play it again. It's just as simple. Play it again, right? And so and then they're like, no, we want, to, we want to do the podcast. People listen to podcasts for free. They don't add some podcasts. There's no billion-dollar revenues coming through that. You got a billion-dollar budget. You got a, you got a billion-plus budget that you got, you're beholden to, right? So beyond that failure, um, finally, 15 years later, radio has added a lens, and now you can watch radio. So on the next thing, well, okay, well, if – if television has to become a two-way conversation, if radio, if people want to watch radio, what about the newspapers? Well, here's, like Yolanda, what about newspapers? Here's what, and I told them, well, here's what newspapers need to do. You need to become a full-on channel. What do you mean? All these people who hide behind their typewriters that don't want to be seen, they need to be seen and heard, right? I will never forget, um, mm, Mm, let me think. Let me think. Uh, Jim, I want to say Jim. I, I want to say Alexander. Remember the old guy? Oh my God, he was in his nineties. He rode a bicycle in New York. He had the one of the greatest fashion blogs. Keep in mind, now mind you, and and blog. He had a great. He had he had the greatest fashion column in the newspaper. Greatest fashion column. And basically, what he would do, he all he was a photographer. And, all, and worked for, uh, what was it, New York Times and, uh, man, let me think, let me think, let me, I'm not going to think, let me, let me Google. And I hate to Google because Google is, is gone, Google is dead in the water. Google is dead in the water because they are doing, talk about how things started, they are now doing the thing that they hated others, that other search engines did when they started, and that is allowing people to buy up the search results. 
Google became a thing because MSN and other search in search engines started allowing people to buy up um, the search results. So Google became a trusted source because you got an authentic you got an authentic um, page of results. That's not the case anymore. Let me see. Hold on. Let me look this up. Alexander. I think it was Alexander. I want to say, but there's so many names. Fashion. Let me see. Hold on. Uh, New York. And I'm I'm quiet, giving dead air on the on the podcast because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't know if that was his name. He lived in this New York apartment. There was a documentary on him. Um, and he rode this bicycle till the day he died in New York. And, okay, everything's coming up but that. Everything's coming up. Oh, everything, everything. Wait a minute, what was it? Oh, my God. I'm looking, y'all. I'm reading, 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 Nope. Okay. Okay. Fashion. No, I'm not going to find it simply because Google being what it is and the results being what they are paid for, I'm not going to find it. But anyway, I'm talking about love. And that was, and they tried to, They. I remember he was, he was so mad because uh, print was evolving into what do you mean what do you mean the article needs sound right and they were like well here's what we need you to do um when you finish your when you finish he would ride around new york on his bicycle and he would catch everybody crossing the street you know and he would talk about the fashion trends okay well here's what and it was real time like here's what people wore today everybody came out and they had on the peacoat everybody's wearing the the rain boots or this and this, you know, and it was like, it was just iconic blogging, right? Not blogging. It became, it became blogging. Um, and they told him, they're like, you know, he, he'd go out and he'd come up with, he'd take all these pictures and they'd pick 10 and they'd do this layout and he, and he would narrate it a little bit with a little bit of uh, verbiage, you know, article writing. Right. And they were like, well, let's, we got to add sound to that because, you know, print is evolving. We got this online stuff, you know, people don't want to just look online. They want to hear. So then they started having him after he, after he did his column, they was like, let's add on. He had to go sit down with a new tech person and that person would, um, record him, you know, in a podcast format and not, I mean, we're talking about like two to five minutes of him narrating, you know, why'd you take this photo and why is this, you know, commentary, right? And he hated that part because that meant, you know, the more I'm in this room with this guy recording me, the less I'm out on the street taking these pictures. Why can't you put somebody else's voice on that? And they were like, no, we need your voice. People want this from you. And people didn't understand that people, the digital audience had that kind of demand or wanted that kind of relationship, right? It's all about, oh, love. It was all about the relationship. And wanting a relationship caused a disruption and, and, and curiosity, right? And, and stereotypes. And it was getting us beyond the shame because if you didn't like your voice, and most people who podcast can't stand to listen to themselves, I'm out and about, and I hear somebody listening to my podcast, and I just like, oh, I can't. They, back in the day, I used to have this audio 
on the website. So when you went to the website, you instantly heard the audio. And everywhere I went in the city, if somebody went to the website, I'd hear myself saying dryer bus. So and lo and behold, I had my daughter recorded who sounded just like me. And so then when I heard it, I was like, oh, there's my baby, you know. And then I uh, had, there was a news, uh, uh, Angela Davis started doing these news uh, things before TMZ. And I had her video running. And so I would always have these inclinations, these uh, notifications around as people would go to the website. But let's get back to, let's get back to this, the relationship. So we're watching newspapers evolve. And I'm like, why isn't everybody doing this? You can't just publish something without putting some commentary on it, right? And so he began, he, he hated it at first. Oh, let's write down hate. Because most of the stuff, you hated it, but then you realize, wait, what do people love? Things that people hate. So he he had to understand that people wanted this kind of relationship with him. And so then it became, it changed up his habits. You know, he would go out and he, he'd take his photos. Um, and most of them were on a film camera. I don't know if they ever got him to switch to digital. Um, in fact, I was talking with a photographer the other day. Where was I, y'all? Y'all was live. Y'all know I was live. Oh, I was at the Peachtree. And an older gentleman came up and he was trying to, you know, take shots with his little digital camera he had his his head of course an old school phone and i mean like a real old school phone and he had a little digital camera and he was sitting there looking at me like what's going on here and i and i had my phone on the tripod and he was like man you're filming i'm like yeah i'm, I'm live I'm, I'm live streaming he's like and it's going to hold the entire thing uh, yeah it's gonna hold hours of, of video i'm just gonna turn it on, set it and forget it, read the comments and, and watch the race go by. He was like, and it's going to film the entire race. I'm like, yeah, it's going to film the entire race. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. And I, I don't know why the newspaper is not filming, not running an entire live stream of the race. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, I do know that this year they had several photographers in my spot. Okay. I get down there to my favorite, my favorite spot, and I and the photographer turns and looked at me like, "I scooped you." No, you could never, because I'd already told people I may not be in the spot because usually what happens when I make some popping, okay, everybody take. So they literally had a radio station and two photographers in my spot. I just moved down because like, nope. I don't want that crazy country ass music on my broadcast. And I certainly don't want to sit here and hear that camera clicking all the time. And then the spot that I moved to, the spot that I moved to, here comes the photo. I'm like, I'm down there getting my shot. Everybody's stopping in front. And the next thing I know, I hear this click and I turn around. I'm like, oh no, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You need to move on down. Come, take, take it on. Like, really, you gonna come like get behind me, Satan? Click, 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 click. Why is you clicking? Why isn't that? What, what, what the hell is you clicking for? Go on, go on somewhere with that, yeah? Okay, anyway. So, anyway, let me tell what were we? Where was I, y'all? All right, let me go back. Let me think. Let me think. I know y'all probably texting me to death. Where was I? Where was I? Ah, okay. So, anyway, talking to the gentleman. But, anyway, um, the New York, New York fashion guy, New York fashion guy. I loved him to death. His, his column would come out every week and we would rush to it. Everybody on Twitter would be like, driver's the guy you love. Cause people, after I kept sharing, when I stopped sharing the, the, uh, online feature, people were like, well, the guy you love is his new, the new one is out. You didn't share it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Because people will, people will recognize what you love. 
And because I, I stopped sharing because I got busy doing some other things, people started tagging me in it because they felt like I was missing it. So finally, once they got him into the habit of coming, put adding commentary, evolving his column, uh, it just became the best thing ever. Because when you say a photo is worth a thousand words, commentary makes it worth a thousand words for life. Right. It's like now, you know, we get to we get to see the photos. We got a chance to read it. But now to hear why he selected those trends, that as the trend of the, the week or the, I think it was a week. You think he did it weekly, um, you know, to know why he took a, you know, because he, he 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 then got a chance to tell you how many times he's photographed this person. And I always try to catch them in this spot because they're coming from here. Or they, and he gave us a little bit more story as to who that person was. Cause you, there was always this one guy that he knew if there was going to be a, a shift in a trend, that guy was going to hit the street first. And once that guy made it down the block, then you better know that over the next couple of weeks, that's what everybody was going to be wearing. When you, when, when, when he came out, this guy came out and he was doing the color blocking and, and y'all went a whole season on color blocking. And then this guy, you know, in the no socks, you know, and then, uh, trying not to put the, trying to get as far into the winter without having to, to lose the shoe game. You know, you got a chance to hear about that. Like New Yorkers, you know, loving their shoe game, but you can't be walking around New York in your good shoes because, you know, after that first snow and then the gutter is all wet and this, that, the other. And I remember, you know, he did have the commentary of the day and he was so funny. But see, had we just seen the photos, we wouldn't have got, wouldn't know that. We wouldn't know that to have that as a curiosity or to have that as a part of fashion history, to know that New Yorkers, you know, don't want to give up their shoe game and they try to push it as far as they could. And he was filming, he was taking pictures of people trying to avoid the slush in the street and all this kind of stuff so they can continue to rock their shoe game. And he was like, because, you know, it's going to come a day, you know, when the shoe game is going to disappear or the hat game or this, that and the other. So in the fashion of New York. And, uh, and, and it just was basically the story of New York, but it, it, evolve y'all love makes you evolve. Love makes you evolve. If it's something you love and, and, and you realize that you might lose what you love, you will probably evolve, whether that's a relationship, a friendship, uh, work like right now. I, I, I love storytelling, but I refuse to evolve in where it was going, I was like, I'm going to take some time off because I'm going to let this trend pass. You know, this trend of like all this negativity. I'm going to let that pass. I'm going to take a couple years off. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that, right? But then it's like, but I, I love storytelling. And not that I gave into it, and I didn't. I stayed away from it. But I evolved into something else. Okay, if that's the trend of degrading women, you know, and, and women, you know, they, they run around and tell when they're making all this money, but you're embarrassing your entire family. I don't want to tell them story. I don't want to, I don't want to blog about reality TV shows. I don't. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in the kitchen. I'm going to go in the kitchen and make macaroni and cheese every day. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go make lemonade every day. And then they were like, well, can you come cover the red carpet? No, I don't want to. I don't want, I don't want that story. I don't want that story. I don't want to talk about that. I don't want, I don't want somebody in the future or when they go to the other planet and they look it back and see, I don't want that on my, I don't want that on my hashtag. I don't. 
I don't want, I don't want, don't stop coming to me telling me, you know, well, well, you got to look beyond that because, you know, they're doing some good and she also has a foundation and he's doing this and that and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, 60% is just right there with them and they stuck in that state, you know, and, and I just don't, I don't. So even though it's what I love, you know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to force you. I'm going to wait and force you to find your dignity again, you know, and, 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 and the sad part about it, when I talk about the Renaissance, you know, because of where we are in this, we are ready to lose Ebony and Jack because they too have obviously decided they don't want to do it. So they are just going to shut their doors. I mean, we're at a time where people are getting billions of hits talking about the undignified, you know, have they just decided that they're not going to do that? Did they decide like me? They're not putting them on the cover. Because, I mean, clearly, there's a lot of money in that. There's a whole lot. There's a, it's like, wait a minute. And Ebony and Jack closing, or and they're going to these investors. They obviously, you're not going to tell me they're not going to these investors. And the investors are probably saying, no, you got to. Are they are they making a decision that we well, no, we're just we're just closed? Because I mean you talk about we talk, Ebony and Zed was about fashion and beauty. That's where all the money is right now. Hell, most of the department stores have, have changed. You know, I, I went in the Target the other day. I, you gotta walk through all the, they they brought all the makeup and stuff to the front door. I mean, fashion it was the fashion magazine. I said I was gonna play y'all some Johnson and Johnson, but I um as I was looking at, let me just click on this right here. Maybe it'll take me to the, um, but there, and look, in fact, in fact, um, there's, uh, there's an article out here and this is on, it says Dish Atlanta on the screen. Oh, that's, oh, that's Dish Nation. I can see why it doesn't have a lot of views. Dish Nation has a post on Johnson and Johnson. It only has about one, only has 1.3 thousand views it says how ebony magazine founder john h johnson became a powerful businessman only one thousand people were interested in that it's because dish nation uh they the audience that they appeal to they're not trying to own no business <laughs> they they're trying to figure out how to twerk it's like now if they had a if they had a video and they probably do how to twerk it's probably gotten nine million views but how he became a powerful businessman from Dish Nation only has a thousand. Uh, the original John H. Johnson uh, video only has 11,000 views. But Visionary Project, let me tell y'all, for those of you, Visionary Project. Back in the day, um, uh, YouTube would only allow you to load 10-minute videos. So Visionary Project... Uh, did a conversation with with John H. Johnson, and they loaded them all in these um, eight minute, nine minute segments. And when I tell y'all, it is the best stuff ever. I learned from John Johnson about how to survive a flood, and I remember doing Katrina. And I'm sorry, y'all. I was like, but wait a minute. This is how we've been here before. And when we don't know how those before us did it, we're going to get caught up in the same thing. So when I was watching Katrina happen, I couldn't help but to be mindful of the advice John H. Johnson, when he talked about how the government flood is like the Katrina people are saying 
that the hurricane didn't damage their city, that their city was flooded in order to save another part of the city, right? Okay, but that has happened to generations before. We know that to be a thing. How are you not believing these people? Because John Johnson said his town was flooded and people, he said he literally remembers being pulled out of the water and saved. So, you know, that will to live, determination to live because you've seen death, that's the thing. So, John H. Johnson, uh, for those of y'all over at Ebony and Jet, y'all could go back and y'all could go back and listen to these. Uh, Learning the Hard Way in Chicago. Um, let me see if I can get y'all. I just want to put a little piece of audio, his voice on here, hon. Well, for you and your mother during the early years in Chicago? It was difficult because um, at first she was able to get work uh, as what we call a day worker. They got so much a day plus coffee, and and this was during the Depression. And so the oh, time yes. came when she couldn't even get a job. This was 1933, 1933. Right? Yes. Like, like 1934, she couldn't get any kind of job. Uh, my stepfather finally came after we didn't go back <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was looking for a job as a street cleaner or any kind of job and he couldn't get a job so we went on welfare in 1934 and was on welfare until 1936 and how did your family deal with that the fact that you were on welfare because your your mother sounds very independent yeah she was and she yes. she was very sad about it but there was no other choice as a matter of fact what happened really is that when we applied for welfare, and they called it relief then, um, they said we hadn't lived in Chicago long enough and that we were not eligible. So my mother wrote a letter to the president, Franklin Roosevelt. And in those days, somehow that letter got back to Illinois and they put us on welfare. My mother has always believed until her death that Roosevelt personally read the letter and personally <laughs> called up the people and made them put us on welfare. <laughs> so we were on welfare. But in those days, they did not give you money. They gave you food. I see. And there were big trucks that would come into the community passing out food. And I remember some other little boys and I would be sitting on the corner. And These the were the welfare trucks. We, uh, welfare trucks. Yes, I and see. We were all on welfare. I see. And so there, there were trucks that would come in with the with supplies. And I wonder, is that the story? Like, you know, there's a song, uh, the Wells Fargo wagon coming down the street and all that kind of stuff. Let me, let me get to something else. But notice it said two years, not forever. Two years. Because it made me determined to get back at them. And the only way I could get back at them was to be smarter than they were. <laughs> so I studied harder and... Uh, I practiced public speaking in front of the mirror. So when they had the organization of my uh, junior class, I was the only one who had enough nerve to, say, to make a speech. <laughs> so they elected me president of the junior class. I was president of the senior class, president of the student council, editor-in-chief of the school paper. Ah, so, the beginning of journalism. So I began to, uh, you know, feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. Good. The, the the Chicago move was very positive for you, yeah. and your mother obviously could see that in yes, you. Yes, yes. In, in talking about the Chicago move, uh, as you know, this the great migration to the north uh, that they were talking about. Let me grab, I think the one we were listening to was uh, Learning the Hard Way. He talked about his childhood. Let me see, I was hoping that, oh, here we go. Let me see. Uh, 
I'm trying to find the one that uh, his mentor. He has one where he was talking about his mentor. Of, uh, Wisconsin, and they fell in love with with white boys and girls, and they wanted to get married. And the time came for them to meet the, the parents. So naturally, they didn't want to meet a black person. So Mr. Pace was also a lawyer. The parents. Hold so on, let me see here. Let me go. Asking them to send in advanced subscriptions. And I talked about having an editorial board of that I hoped he would join. And I was thinking about Mrs. Bethune and Walter White. He said, no, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I wouldn't have anybody on my editorial board. He said, all of us have lived a long time. We've made a lot of enemies. And if you put our names on the magazine, it wouldn't sell anyway. So why don't you just put out a good magazine without having the baggage of the enemies that the editorial board had made. So I took his advice. So That is I, great advice. I, I had no editorial board. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I was trying to borrow the money, and I, I went to the First National Bank then, and the guy said, boy, and he said, boy, many years later when I was a big deposit in the bank, nobody remembered who called me boy. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember, but they were treating me so well that I never identified who it was. <laughs> so, so the guy said, uh, we don't do it. I said, well, is there anybody in this city that would loan money to a colored boy, $500? He said, yeah, there's a place. Only one place, he said. It's the Citizens Loan Corporation at 63rd and Cottage Grove. Uh, they don't do it. I said, well... Do you know anyone out there? He said, of course. He's feeling very badly now about the way he's treating me. I said, may I say you sent me? He said, yeah, you can say I sent you. So I went out there, and uh, the guy said, yeah, we can do it if you have collateral. I said, what is collateral? I didn't even know what. <laughs> I didn't take business in college. I didn't know what collateral was. <laughs> he said, collateral is some furniture you paid for, automobile you paid for. Uh, and I thought, I said, well. Let me think about it, and I'll come back. So my mother had just washed and scrubbed and saved and bought some new furniture. So when I asked my mother about uh, mortgaging her furniture, <laughs> for the first time, she blinked and said, Son, I don't know anything about any black magazines, and I work hard for this furniture, and I, I don't want to give it up. She said, I'll have to consult the Lord about this. So she, I called her the next day or two, and she said, I prayed to the Lord, but he hadn't answered yet. So I said, well, maybe I ought to come out and pray with you. So I went to the house, and we prayed together, and we cried together. And so finally, after another day or two, she said, the Lord hasn't answered it, but I've, I've gone this far with you. I'll go all the way. I'll mortgage the furniture. So... With the mortgage of the furniture, I was able to get the $500, and I used that money to buy postage to send out letters to 20,000 people that I, whose names I got from the insurance company. And, with uh, their permission, of course. With, with Mr. Pace's permission. Yes. But not that, but Mr. Pace's permission. Yes. He was a, the president was the president in those days. Yes, yes. <laughs> so only one person. He was president of all the deaths, the holy policies, everything. <laughs> he was president. Yes. So if he said it was okay, it was okay. Yes. So uh, I was already among my many dudes at running the speedomat machines. 
Yes. So I could run my, my own things once he told me, okay. So you had access to the I had access to it. And he, he even said I could use the stationery. And so the question was then, what can I say to these people that I'm writing to that will make them, I was only trying to get $3, that will make them send $3 to an unknown person in a field that has a graveyard of failures, because every other magazine prior to that had failed. And so I thought, well, the one thing that black people wanted at that time, in addition to a job, was respect. Yes. They wanted people to call them Mr. and Mrs. I'm going to write that down, respect, y'all. So I decided in this letter, I said, a good friend of yours told me about you. They said you were well respected in your community. <laughs> you would be interested in a magazine I'm about to bring out called Negro Dodgers. Because of this recommendation, we are willing to give you a charter subscription for $3 for a year, providing you send it in by a certain date, which was 30 days from there. And we got uh, 3,000 answers, uh, and they all sent me, uh, it was really $2. $2. They sent me $2 each. And with that $6,000, I was able to get started. Boom. And there you go, right there. And, and, I, and I'm so glad I went to that because I got I to send out a pitch. I got to do the same thing. I'm working on an ad campaign. But... See what we just learned. I don't know about you guys. I don't. I don't know what y'all got out of this. And maybe it was. It was trying to tell y'all something that helped me there. I'm gonna go back. What? Let me write down that. That is at the at the at the seven fifty eight mark. Fifty eight mark. I'm gonna hit this on the share. But I'm gonna share this on my page. Let me get this shared right quick. Cause I need to. I need to come back to that because. And that's what I'm saying. Everybody that has done this stuff that we are out here trying to do. They left breadcrumbs, y'all. I'm telling you, they left the breadcrumbs at the 758 mark. Okay, so I just shared that on Facebook. Uh, but they're all out there. It's, it's, it's literally maybe um, several of those pieces. But like I said, back in the day, you could only load 10 minutes at a time. So there, there are several parts. But that one is, is the Johnson & Johnson, my mentor, him talking about Harry Pace. But what did he say? He said about respect. And one of the, as we get ready to end here, right at, we're right at an hour on that. Uh, and I want to end the podcast. But in episode 88, and I said the last couple of episodes here, I want to wrap them up talking about what we love and love and respect. And if, if Ebony and if Ebony, as Ebony and Jet, well, Jet's already uh, a digital or whatever. Um, but if they don't go back and listen, to, and they're not, they're not, they're being stubborn. Uh, but are they closing their doors because black people no longer want respect? And when you look at where we are with media, hell, look at America and the president no longer wants Trump is not trying to be respected. I know he ain't black and like that, but don't think that. I mean, we set the trend. We set the trend. So, and I have always said that you know society is a larger mirror of us because we just have always been a dignified people. But I love how he talked about he had these twenty thousand people that he could reach, and he said, "Okay, how am I going to reach? What do they want?" And he was like, he knew the the thing that he put poured into Ebony and Jet each with each issue was the fact that we had a great curiosity and wanted to be respected. One, especially if during that time where history repeats itself, there and I and I, I know it's unfortunately there's if you look at the larger society 
only about 30%. Like, when I do dryer buzz, when I post and stuff, it's like people are like, man, you could go. For, I don't want that. I don't want that audience. Like I said, I can come on and I can go ahead right now and blog and tell you everything what's wrong with women, everything that's wrong with men. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to satisfy a curiosity. You know, how to get out of bed is about satisfying a curiosity that people have about how are people how are other people figuring out how to how to continue in this world how to get beyond all the stuff that hurt yesterday and have still try to have some some faith for today so that you can see tomorrow that's what this is and how to get out of bed i've been for 88 episodes trying to figure out listen how do i get back to what i love after losing something i love so greatly now trying to figure out, y'all trying to figure this thing out. Ebony and, and even the ship, I had two headlines yesterday, two, 24 hours before, prior to this podcast. I had to share two headlines of traditional media um, facing their demise. Chicago Defender um, said that, and I'll, I'll, I'll read to you um, what I shared on that one. I'm like, where's my Facebook? Why is it down there? Chicago Defender uh, gave the date just yesterday, 24 hours before this podcast, gave the date when they will publish their final print issue. And everybody wants to get a copy of that because you save that, put it away forever. Um, let me see here. Let me try and go to my page. If you follow, make sure you like the page. I need you to become, if you want to be respected. As John Johnson said, if you want content that respects you and all that you are pouring into life, um, follow. Go ahead. Become a subscriber. You have to become a subscriber. He said he sent out 20,000 letters asking for $2. 3,000 of those people sent him the $2,000. So with that $6,000, uh, paid, paid off his mama's furniture, which he borrowed $500 on his mother's furniture. Chicago Defender um, said... Here it is right here. Here comes Chicago Defender to save their days. The Defender's final weekly issue. They already went to being a weekly publication simply because there's not enough people that want to be respected. That's what's going on right now in this world. There are not enough people that want to be respected or want to invest in those sources that deem them respectable. I'm not, I'm not reading that. I'm saying that. Okay. Well, the Chicago Defender went to a weekly uh, issue. Now they're going to publish their final weekly issue in print, scheduled to hit newsstands on July 10th. Uh, the brand will begin publishing daily content related to issues most pressing to the African-American community in Chicago. Now, we're talking about the Chicago Defender. We're talking about the city for, for whom... Uh, Barack and Michelle Obama, the former president and the first lady is from that whom they chose not to go back and live in Chicago, right? Uh, we're talking about missing the black renaissance. There's a black renaissance happening that people no longer want to see. They don't want to see. It's like they're waking up every day and they don't want to see themselves. That was That's my fear in life. That's my greatest fear. As a, as a blogger, as somebody who... Twitter and other uh, applications have designated me one of the top 30, top 50, top 100 people who publish online content about the African-American community. When we get to a point where the African-American community no longer wants to see themselves in a dignified manner, these things are not going to be there. I no longer have a blog. I don't, I, well, I no longer have a blog because GoDaddy don't know what the hell they're doing over there. But... 
I, I don't want to even deal. I'm like, if archiving this stuff, if something happens to me, what happens to these archives, you know? And I'm like, I got to put this stuff somewhere else where it'll live in, live in infinity, live forever, right? Forever green. Because I know that 30% of us still want to still have curiosity. 30% of us live beyond stereotypes. 30, 30% of us um, still have a relationship um, and, and about evolving. 30% of us want to be respected. 30 for 30%. <laughs> I love how you just did that. 30% of us still want to be respected, y'all. Only 30%. And it's like, well, you don't know what about the 10%? They unbothered. They just unbothered. And if you listen to go back and check out this thing with uh, John Johnson. And I've tweeted Ebony uh, many a times, like, damn, can y'all go listen to how your founder started the publication? You know, but now I'm, 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 I feel bad. I feel, I feel bad that that's happening. And even in essence, if you look at some of the stuff that's going on during the essence festival, all of it ain't, all of it, that's not even dignified. People are getting down there like going like, wait, what is this? What is this? I shared, I shared a, um, I shared a, a news, uh, a press junket they had yesterday, uh, also in the, with the same headlines as this. And I mean, I cringed a couple of times. It was uh, the, the, the female comedians. I cringed a couple of times trying to sit through that 15-minute video. Kim Cole uh, had uh, her one, somebody uh, go live on her stream from the press junket. And one of the PR people here from Atlanta, one of the first to put us on the red carpet as, as bloggers. Um, there were two, there were two, maybe three. There were three um, PR people here in Atlanta that was one of the first to put myself and Sandra Rose on the red carpet along with your news and mainstream and traditional media. And they were like, and you know, put us on there with our little digital cameras. Well, actually we went on there with our regular cameras as photographers. And then we started blogs to put our, to have a place to put our photography because during that time when nobody publishing, no, nobody was publishing photos of black folk. Okay. They were doing the Diddy crop, cropping the black people out. If you, if people who had to go to an editor, or try to sell, put a picture on Getty, and nobody buying no pictures of black folks on Getty. You know, they they would take a picture of the black people uh, just in case something happened to that black person, and then they'd publish it. I mean, you know, it was like it was it was sad these things that was going. It's like that's why I hate it when I first started blogging, and when I not when I first started blogging, but when when I, when it came down to. Oh, okay. Well, I want to go cover this. And they're like, well, you got to get credentials and you start. I hate it applying. I still, to this day, I hate applying for credentials. In fact, I don't. And I get invites. I get my, my inbox is filled. Can you cover this? Can you cover that? And I'm like, sometimes I'll go ahead and say yes, you know, but for the most part, I don't want to, I don't want to go. I don't want to do that. I don't even want to ask. They were like, well, you know, and a lot of times celebrities are like, Hey drivers, you're going to be at the stand. I want to make sure I get an interview. No, I'm not going to be there because they're going to try to stick me over in the corner or somewhere in the back and this, that, and the other. No. You know, I'll catch you later. I meet me when you come off the carpet. It literally, right? I mean, seriously. You know, I'll catch you when you go out for your smoke break. <laughs> I'll be at the coat closet. <laughs> literally, that. How do you think I got Muhammad Ali? I got Muhammad Ali hanging out at the coat closet, and hanging out at the coat closet. The PR person who who was literally looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, what does she mean? Online, internet. You know, blog. What is that? Who? You know, we sitting up here waiting on CNN. I'm like, boo boo, CNN ain't coming. Cause what you don't know is Muhammad Ali is blacklisted. Y'all over there dogging out Monique. But what you don't know is Muhammad Ali was blackballed too, cause he supported them. He was Muslim. 
I'm like, do y'all not know the story? I'm like, I know you waiting on, I know you waiting on CNN and ABC and NBC and all of them to show up, but uh, no, they're not gonna show up, and they did not. And so, seeing how much play I was getting at the coat closet, they were like, who is she? And how come, how come everybody knows her? Because I followed the blueprint of John Johnson. The first people that I got to know and told stories of on this community is those who were very well respected. So when you told me to wait and go have a seat, I decided to go have a seat by the coat closet. So when all the names, I'm not going to drop the names, but when all the iconic, who what people deem iconic civil rights, um, news, all, all of them came in and had to go to the coat check and put their coat. And then, and I'm over there, they're like, you know, you got your camera, you're taking pictures, you, you're covering this? I'm like, oh, well, no, I'm waiting for them to, you know, say I can go in, you know. Mind you, I'm standing there in my overalls because I don't, I just covered the civil, I just covered the civil rights event they were all at in the afternoon. They just had a chance to go home and change. I didn't. And in fact, I didn't know to. In fact, the only reason I was there because I had been kicked out of the National Black Arts Festival. <laughs> now, and, and, and I've got some of the best content out there by the National Black Arts Festival. They had an event that afternoon with Faith Evans and they decided that they, they literally said they had given away too many free tickets. They weren't going to let in any press. So there's no press coverage of Faith Evans doing this concert with the National Black Arts Festival because whoever was running that part messed that up. So I was like, wait, Muhammad Ali's going to be at this hotel down the street. I'm going to go down there and see if I can just catch me a picture of Muhammad Ali going in the hotel. And I, lo and behold, I was like, well, you know, get bold, went in there. And I was like, well, let me go talk to the people at the PR table. You know, at least I'm going to talk to people at the PR table because the uh, United Negro College Fund, uh, at their event, um, I got thrown out of there because I wasn't credentialed and so forth and so on, you know. And that's how this thing started, y'all. And then I realized, oh, I got to I gotta apply for these credentials and, you know, do this stuff, I guess, some semi-legit. Semi so being that I had got, it was a beautiful weekend in Atlanta, festival season going on, um, and there was this thing called the Butterfly Ball. And the Butterfly Ball used to honor um, an iconic person as a fundraiser. This was right before... Um, what was it? Is it Kentucky? Who is it that has the Muhammad Ali Museum? Um, they were they were going to donate the money to the uh, opening and the building of this museum. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll wait outside the hotel. And I was like, eh, I'm going. It's, it's hot out here. They got AC. You know, every time somebody opened that door, that good AC was coming out. And then mind you, so I'm like, let me gingerly kind of go in there. And I went up to the table and I talked to the PR person and I tell the story all the time. And I'm looking at the table at some of the high profile media outlets on the table. I'm like, they ain't coming. They not coming. It's Atlanta. What do they think they are? This is Atlanta. They don't know how this thing works. And I'm looking at, looking at the list and I see all the, all the outlets and so forth, you know. And, uh, and I was like, okay. So I asked the lady, you know, is it any way possible? And then she was like, wait. So she had me like hanging around for hours. I wasn't going nowhere till Muhammad Ali got there. Anyway, so I went and sat at the coat check. And so everybody who was somebody, anybody, Atlanta and beyond, uh, because at the time I was quote unquote black press, uh, came and she noticed that, you know, everybody coming to the coat check knew who I was because I had covered them at the Trumpet Awards and all of the civil rights galas and, you know, it's Atlanta, you know, like John Johnson said, people want to be respected. And they knew that I had covered them in such a light that gave them, that gave mad props uh, to their work. 
And so finally she came over and she was like, I know this, 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 yeah, I know you know this. I saw you watching. But anyway, I didn't say that. She's like, okay, I'm going to get you in. We'll rush you back because you're not dressed. Right? We'll rush you back. She rushed me back. And lo and behold, I got, and long story short, y'all can go listen to that on another podcast. Doing what I love. I got a chance to get real up close and personal uh, with Muhammad Ali. But it's about the respect. So I'm, I don't want to feel bad that if Ebony and Jack, while on life support right now, Hopefully that this headline that's circulating that they are going to call it quits, you know, at the same time, the Chicago Defender, the black newspaper out of Chicago. Now, we know Chicago is full of stories right now. Why are y'all not trying to read it at the Chicago Defender? Why are y'all not trying to go to the source? I understand Ebony, Jet, Chicago Defender. All of them, they missing the renaissance. I know there's a renaissance going on right now, y'all. That's some amazing things. Black restaurants, the whole vegan life, uh, all of this stuff. Um, 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 Black Panther, you know, all the best, all the best interviews. I was watching it. I was watching some interviews the other day, some roundtable discussions. But hell, I was on the Hollywood Reporter. I was on their Instagram. Listen. You've got to become a full-on channel. I have a channel. I have a clinic. I have a clinic. In fact, I just did a talk. What we, what do we do that talk on about becoming a channel? You might be. What was it? I have a clinic. As we said, you might be the next. You might become the next best channel. You've got to think about becoming a full-on network. Stop telling everybody. Stop telling everybody. Go over there. Uh, on your Facebook, start your network, Chicago Defender. Start your network, Ebony and Jack. Ebony and Jack. Talk about binge-watching. They have got some of the best video. They've got an archive video, and they got some of it on on YouTube, y'all. And I'm like, why aren't they running this stuff in other forms? If If you got a video out there, that's doing well, you better take that article. Let me tell y'all, this is about, this is a talk I gave. I'm going to have to go do a podcast. God dang it. Okay. This is the talk that I just gave to my youth group when I spoke at the Right to Rise. I spoke with them, young people. And I always love giving young people a heads up as to where we're going because they, they think that they need to follow the blueprint. Johnson's, Johnson's blueprint Forever. You saw that? I just listened to him talk about sending those letters out to those 20,000 people. Hell, and I need 3,000. He said, he, he said, he, notice the reach. He said he sent a letter to 20,000 and he got a commitment from 3,000. Okay? That's reach and conversion all damn day long. And he did it with one word, and the word was respected. I have been told you are a respected person in your community. And as a respected person in your community, he then showed them how he was going to give them the utmost influence as a respected person in this community. Remember, I said, you can't sell nothing today unless it causes a person to like themselves more. Uh, George C. Fraser, the first that whenever you go and listen to a George Fraser speech, we have to say the C now because there's a couple of Frasers out there, but George Fraser. Uh, the number one selling point, George Frazier was out there before you all start running behind the 10X guy, okay? George Frazier said you better do the W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me, right? And, and black people flip that and, and will deny themselves because of what's in it for you, right? I will never forget. 
I went into, started my, what is, what is it called? It's called dryer buzz. I walked into the salon. This sister was getting ready to have, uh, and I realized when I walked in, oh, she and I are not from the same tribe. Okay. Um, I walked in, she was getting ready to have a ribbon cutting. I live in a community that's all about entrepreneurship, all about it. Ribbon cutting every week. They out there, they make sure that everybody in the community knows you're getting ready to do this ribbon cutting. She was getting ready to do this ribbon cutting. I just walked in, I wanted to introduce myself. I have a website, so you didn't know what the hell that was. But I hey, I have a publication online. She couldn't get online. I was like, well, you, you can't get on. Here's what it looks like. I showed her, I had a printed, I printed it out, right? Well, that looks like a copy. Uh, it is a copy. It's a printout of something that's on the internet, right? So I'm, I'm still trying to get through this bit, this digital barrier we have. And I said, listen, I just want to do a story on your, on your grand opening of your salon. It's pretty much in walking distance from my house, you know, in my neighborhood, right? And she literally asked me, but, well, but, but what's it? You would do this for me, but what's in it for you? And I was like, Okay, and I just politely folded my stuff up, and I was like, thank you, and I left, and I watched her do her ribbon cutting and her grand opening, and I watched her go out of business, and I said, I'm going to use her as an example from now on, so what's in, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me, but you've got to, if you're trying to do anything out there, I don't know, because Ebony and Jet, they're getting ready to do their own life support. They're getting ready to take it off life support. I don't know why it's not a full-on channel. I don't know why that content is not. I don't know why they're not a streaming service. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why. I've got, I've got a medium. I've got a couple of mediums going right now. My television is on. i got a device over here. I, I Thank God I went to YouTube and found, found this. I don't know why I can't go to ebony.com and find this amazing archive of their founder or this blueprint. I don't know why I can't look in their timeline when I, I can't. I don't know why I can't when something is is popping, go to their timeline. And they they tried something of late. They tried to do the whole jump on the reblog bandwagon of just pointing out the trend. They got an intern or or hired a millennial to run some headlines thinking, you know, OK, let's go get us some hits. And it's like, but wait, yours is. An editorial of respect. You flip the script. So now you're just basically telling me because when I go there, I'm looking for the dignity, and now you're running the undignified stuff. That tells me that I need I, I don't need to click over that no more. Because that's not what I'm trying to see. Because I like to see what I love. I like things that are, are without shame. Uh, I don't want to see no stereotypes. I'm trying to satisfy a curiosity, and you're disrupting that with based on a relationship that was established at my birth. I came into this world looking around at Ebony and Jet, going to the mailbox, getting this thing every week with the Jet. Jet used to come out every week, y'all, a glossy, uh, a miniature glossy every week. Ebony came out every month. There was that. I will never forget. First, first quote unquote, lit party, um, Cartier had a party. Um, Jermaine Dupree, they hired Jermaine Dupree as the influencer. And um, I went and all the take, quote unquote tastemakers were there. It was held at Phipps at the uh, Cartier store. 
And, you know, you walk in the mall, the mall's all shut down and the party's going on. And the, this guy comes over and apparently, you know, everybody, you know, usually what happens, like, who is she? Who is she? Because I always want to know, how does everybody know her? Who is she? Who is she? And so this guy comes over. He's with Cartier. And he apparently somebody has given him my tagline. And my tagline at the time was, even though it was Dryer Buzz, it was Atlanta's Urban News. And apparently somebody had showed him, you know, the website or something like that. So he comes up and he stands and he looks at me and he asked me, he, he asked me the whole, what's your name? What do you do? I was like, you already know. But anyway, you know, I'm so-and-so and da 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 And he says, can I, let me ask you, let me ask you a question. He says, he literally asked me, he says, is there that, and because I, I said daily, I think I said daily. It was Atlanta's Urban Daily News. And he heard the word daily and he goes, is there that much urban for you to be a daily? And I looked at him and I said, you just hired Jermaine Dupree to launch the, these, these shades. They were, there were some eyewear. You just, you, you, you just hired Jermaine Dupree, um, to host this party for your eyewear. And, um, and Usher was there. And let me tell y'all the funny part about Usher being there. Well, Usher was there and okay. Now nah, I'm not going to go down there. I don't do that. But, it was some people in the room that ended up being the story for the next decade. I was just going to say it like that. It was like, because, you know, everybody was noting like, well, Usher's over there, but he's over there and she's all up in the middle. And, you know, it was like, but see, I'm not that blogger. I'm not, I let the, I let, I let my friend blog about that. <laughs> it was, but it was interesting. It was an interesting evening. And mind you, we all up in Kanye and, you know, and all the little rappers and stuff, they bond, they getting the drip, drip, you know, it's called drip now. I can't remember what it was called back then. This was some time ago. So they was, if I was buying the drip, drip and things like that. Um, all of the pre-reality people, I think at that time, um, um, Phaedra was hot because Phaedra was getting ready to drop the working with Bobby Brown on the being Bobby Brown, which actually ended up being the best reality ever. Even as undignified, it, it took it stripped Whitney of all of her dignity. But first and foremost, Whitney wasn't even supposed to be a part of it. She wasn't even supposed to be on the camera. We weren't supposed to know nothing about all that stuff that was going on with them. It was basically supposed to revive Bobby's career and not end Whitney. And I don't know that it ended with Whitney. Ended Whitney. I'm just saying. That, was, that ended up being the story for the next. It was like everything that Atlanta was about to become, thanks to blogging, because that was a whole other renaissance that was missed by traditional media. Uh, but it set, it set a whole life. It set up the whole blogging lifestyle. And it all kicked off at this Cartier party. So when he asked me, was there that much urban? I was like, you have no idea. I'm saying he asked me, is that much urban? I'm sitting there. I'm like, that's isn't that. And I said, I literally said to him, but isn't that, isn't that the reason why you hired Jermaine Dupree? Because there is that, that much urban. And it's not so much is that much urban because we as a society had that kind of curiosity was simply because appropriation was about to be lit. I'm using that word again. This was the night in Atlanta that set, set it off for appropriation. 
because appropriation, what it was, you didn't hire Jermaine Dupree because you want black people running up in here and Cartier Bondi say. You hired Jermaine Dupree because you know as soon as he uh, walk out of here and put Cartier in a song and all of them put Cartier in a song and you're going to get all your free marketing, you know that as soon as the, the hip-hop put it on, then everybody going to want to wear it, right? That's the discussion he and I really had that he didn't even realize we were having. Because I knew you ain't trying to get a bunch of black folk up in here. You just, you, you got your, your float dog taking a picture of all of them up in here at this party. Because you know doggone well the minute you open your doors in the morning. And they're going to they gonna see all this stuff by Jermaine Dupree wearing this eyewear. And the usher got on the eyewear. And the, um, the founders of the, this clothing line was there. That clothing line was there. You know. All the, all the brothers that jumped out with the clothing lines, they were up in there. The reality people were up in there. You know, some of the, some of the politicians that didn't really do their jobs because they was always at these parties, they was up in there, right? We know how much, remember I said a picture's worth a thousand words and it was worth millions of dollars for them. And I ain't heard y'all yet talk about, y'all talk about the mother glasses, okay? But that was the night that kicked it off. Uh, kicked off probably about two decades of stuff that has gone on in Atlanta when you think about it, when you think about it. And yeah, Phaedra, Phaedra, everybody, I don't know why y'all don't, don't realize it, but Phaedra Parks uh, did kick off, really kick off reality TV uh, in Atlanta. Phaedra and I had a, a, a conversation. I don't like Phaedra to this day, but I love Phaedra. Phaedra and I had an amazing conversation at one of the galas one year, and we talked about the whole uh, behind the scenes, um, things that people don't know about reality TV and so forth and about selling those ideas and getting these, um, um, people who are on these shows and the flaws that they have in their life. And they don't realize that it's not, you know, it's like you keep coming after, after y'all take them shows, you keep running around here talking about you want to be respected. And sorry, that's never going to happen. You are not going to be respected simply because you are willing to give away all your dignity for this money. Now I understand it's some good money. I understand it. It's some good money. And, but those who, who want that kind of survival, that's the reason why we're here in America in the first place, because there are always those amongst us that can be convinced to do things for the money, money that you can't even spend in all places. There's so many people out there that don't want their money. Y'all don't understand. That's why. Why do you think they still like, why you like, I would, I would roll to Atlanta, film that stuff and then get the heck on. There are people out there that don't even want, they can't even give, they can't even give away their money. I don't care how much money they amass. It's like there are people out there that want to, Cartier didn't even want their money. Cartier was like, give, them, give, the, give this person some glasses, give that person some glasses, you know, pay him to host a party and like, get him in, get him out. It was literally like that. Get them in, get them out. Bottom line. And it's always going to be that way. And now, you know, and you know, it's that way. You know why I know it's that way? Because Ebony and Jet, because if it was a real thing, Ebony and Jet wouldn't be closing. If it was a real renaissance, Ebony and Jet wouldn't be on life support. If it was a real renaissance, Essence wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to do this, do all this stuff that they're doing down there at that festival. Right. When I'm, I'm sitting there and watching, I am watching these uh, female comedians uh, maybe one or two a semi half iconic, and then you then you got to sit there in order for you to get there. You got to have this one over here on the end, and y'all, they they were passing the mic talking about why they were there to participate in this. Kim Kim Whitley pulled together this thing called Hilarious, 
which is apparently a comedy show that's going to take place at Essence. And Jess Hilarious is on the thing with them. And they were each talking about how they, why they said yes to Kim and what they're going to bring to the stage. And Jess Hilarious, when, the, when Jess Hilarious spoke, the stuff that fell out of her mouth, I'm like, she couldn't have articulated that no other kind of way. And I understand. That's what y'all... Uh, that, that's what appeared. That's how she going to survive. And I was like, damn. Because I always thought, and no, I've, I've always known. Let me tell y'all. I'm talking about Stephen Fatchett. He didn't speak that way when he stepped off the, off, the, off the stage. You know what I'm saying? It's like Red Fox. He didn't speak that way. Jimmy Walker, J.J. Dynamite, you know, it was like there's character and then there's not character. I'm like, wait, you full on, you, that's you 24-7? It's like, this is a press thing. You know, and I understand. And I know I just said, I said, I swear to y'all, I said yesterday, stay in character, stay in character. But I was like, wait a minute. It was so, it was so hard. It was just so hard. It was just so hard. And I was like, wait, you got to be that hard like that all the time? You got to be that all the time? I thought maybe at least she could be a little... I, I don't know. I just thought. I just thought. I didn't realize it was like, oh, there, there aren't. There's no other dimension. There's no other dimension there. I always thought people were supposed to be having like at least a couple of dimensions. You're supposed to be able to move and intertwine. And I'm not saying that you have to play up to one, play down to another, and this, that, and the other. But there should be. There should be some other dimensions to who who you are. Um, and still be truthful. If you want to call it truthful and keep it, that's, that's your truth. And keeping it real, then, hey, keep it real. Because you know what? I ain't click. I ain't clicking. So I didn't click. So, you know, I'm just saying. I'm not the demographic. I, I'm, I'm quick to say I'm not. I know I'm not in the demographic. I'm not in the demographic. I'm, not in, I'm too old. I'm way too old. Because I was like, and, I, and, and, and it was so hard. You could just see how, how the abrasion went down the line to the women. And then they're like, it's part of the check. It's part of the check. It's part of the check. It's, it's clearly part of the check. It was part of the pitch. It's part of the pitch. It's probably the reason we're here because that's where we are. Because dignity is lost. Uh-oh, let me write that down. All right, y'all, let's get ready to get out of this bed. Um, love, dignity, respect. Respect. Let me tell y'all. Aretha Franklin's number one song is what? Hey, look, can I tell y'all? A root behind Aretha Franklin's respect song is so much drama behind that song and who originally recorded that song and what she wanted from the person that originally recorded that song. But all you know is the respect, y'all. It's gonna come down to somebody you you want some respect, and unfortunately, we don't want enough respect that tradition that our that publications that satisfied our curiosity, that helped us to gain our respect. Because when you think about these people, we're getting ready to go into election season. And when you listen to what some of these people think they know about us, and when you see how, when they see these publications and they, they realize like, wow, you know, the beauty, the essence, the dignity, the respect the, that we have for ourselves, and which is quite contrary because every day and, and, and I move in circles where every day these people have to realize that we are contrary to the lies they've been told 
and you watch that veil like of ignorance being lifted from them. And, and, and of course, you know, I monitor behavior and you watch it unfolding, you know, and even, even, even the lies we've been told when you get around some people and you realize, wait, the only thing between us are absolute lies that we have been told in order to keep whatever is going on in this country. Uh, and if you've not been out of this country or if you've not traveled and gone in the neighboring states, you know, where life is, even in neighboring states, life is entirely different. You, it's, it's just amazing. But we need to be concerned that those things that do show us in that light, they are disappearing simply because we don't desire. You know, Ebony and Jet is on life support. Yeah, because they have made some grave errors, grave errors. But at the same time, simply because the majority of us don't desire to see ourselves. Uh, I'm not even going to say what kind of life. Don't desire to see ourselves. It stops right there. And that, you can tell that in your profile pic. You can tell that in the things on your timeline. I was going down somebody's timeline the other day. I was trying to make a referral. And I was like, what is this? And I'm like, I can't even make this referral because I'm like, it's not there. You know, and so forth and so on. All right. It's Saturday. Uh, I'm recording this on a Saturday. It's the weekend. I got to go get this weekend started. And 88 episodes. Two more episodes to go. 89 and 90 well, you're going to have 90 episodes of how to get out of bed. Um, do me a favor. Let me tell you guys, you know, we have some amazing support. So promotional consideration. As I talk about, as I talk about these publications, even as many of them are closing their doors, there are many opening their doors that are willing to evolve and become these full-on channels. And if you have some ideas and you want to make sure your survival is is secreted in, is cemented. If you want to make sure your survival is cemented uh, in, 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 our, in present and future, you need to be part of an association. Um, one of the reasons that I'm, I've been able to survive all of this time is because I made sure, and something I do each and every year is I check my memberships and associations and so forth. I make sure I'm in the flow of information. Information flows through association. Um, success is a conversation. I won't keep saying that cause I'm ready to have an event about a conversation. Um, if you are thinking about filling in the gap where all these things are closing, join AIB nation. There's a nation of authors out there, uh, how to get out of bed. When I close this out with these two more episodes, I am turning that into a, uh, more than a publication, more than a publication. And I can't wait to do that. I've been invited to already to give a couple of talks here and there for those that haven't have been through what I've been through caregiving, uh, grief or uh, maintaining your your brand through all of this kind of stuff. I mean, and it's hard trying to do these things alone. So don't do it. Don't do it alone. A nation of authors There's a nation of authors. In fact, they're getting ready to go on a three city tour. Uh, They're doing some amazing interviews out there. You can go out there and you can find. Um, AIB Talks, AIB Talks, check that out as well. Also, also, let me tell you, when I, I'm getting ready to go ahead and luxuriate in a hot shower, get my day started, and I will be showering with natural soap by Zakia. I'm currently using the, um, every time I get ready to say it, activated charcoal, activated charcoal and kale and clay, kale and clay. Um, and I got a couple, I think I got a couple other bars left. I got to 
get a new set, listen, go to Natural Soap by Zakia. And if you're looking for a new hobby or a new passion that you want to monetize, you want to learn how to make natural soap and, and sell it in your community or in your group, uh, she has a live soap school. You can watch and learn to make soap. They Right now, they get ready to learn how to make candles and lotions and, and all of that. And she's created a wonderful... You're talking about freedom? You're talking about getting to a level of freedom? Uh, listen, I'm telling you. Go and just check it out. Go over to Natural Soap as a kid. You decide to shop, use the discount code Dryer Buzz. All right, let's get back. Let me tell you also for promotional consideration. For those of you that are asking me, Yolanda, how do I blog? How do I how do I um, get some more awareness for my brand? How do I turn on? I get, I'm getting these likes. I'm getting these. You can't take likes to the bank. You can't actually can. I'm gonna tell you how. Uh, I'm getting these likes. I've got followers. How do I get, how do I convert them to customers? Well, I'm gonna tell you not only how to convert them to customers. I'm gonna tell you how to convert them to lifetime customers. I'm gonna have a on a, a call. We're getting ready to start this thing called Success is a Conversation. Success is a conversation, and. On the 9th of each month, on the 9th, we're going to have, and I'm going to have an open call um, coming up here July 9th. And I'm going to pitch to you like John Johnson did. Um, he reached out to those 20,000 and 3,000 of them signed up. I'm going to talk to you about what how success is, is literally a conversation. And what the... It's a conversation, but many of us don't know what to listen for. When I played that clip of John Johnson, you had no idea what he was about to say. But I heard what I heard, and I heard at the 758 mark everything I needed in a conversation. Because I'm sitting here like, man, I got to send out this campaign. I got to send out this campaign, right? Success is a conversation. You got to make sure you're having the right conversation. So after you are out here, you're going to all these um conferences and conventions you're going to hear in all these panels and all these people telling you how they made success you want to know how do i implement that then that's when you come to the clinic i have got social media clinics go to askdryerbuzz.com askdryerbuzz.com check out the hashtag askdryerbuzz and we're also dropping some things on there we can get on the phone we can get in a dm you can come into my uh clinic and we can get we can fi- fix this thing for you just uh this past week Facebook was down. Facebook went down um, days bef- the day before f- July 4th. And everybody was like panicking because the mo- a lot of people, that's, that's their outlet to their customers. They post each day what they're selling. If you can't post what you're selling. But then I'm like, I put, I put a tip out there. Go out there and watch the video. Let me see, I don't think I have the video on here. I was going to share it with you guys. Go out there and watch the video. I did a video of how to turn your, wherever you're putting your content, if it's Twitter, if it's Instagram, if it's your website, uh, YouTube, uh, any of these platforms, that, that's where you launch your content. I go, when I get ready to post, the first place I, put, I go is I go to Instagram because I can shoot it and be done with it, right? And, and then from Instagram, it goes, it goes to Facebook. From Facebook, it goes to Twitter. It goes on all these other websites that's archiving my stuff and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But I, just, I turned that with just two, with, with probably less than nine steps. Less than nine steps. I turned that into an automated email blast. And I've already had an automated blast. Most of you who have websites, you already have one going on out there. 
But you need to now become, just like I'm talking about telling the Chicago Defender, just like I'm telling Ebony and Jet, you got to become a full-on channel. You got to have all these different dimensions to you. You've got to put the stuff back in email. You've got to have it in email because when things happen, when I decided I was done dealing with GoDaddy, I'm like, I'm done with y'all. I'm done with y'all. Y'all are scamming me. Y'all have got this, something right over there. I don't know what, I don't know when y'all change your business model. You know, you no longer care about 16-year clients and customers. You know, and you like telling me you, you, you know, you're trying to weaponize and, and criminalize and all this kind of stuff. Y'all done destroyed my website. It's like, okay, I'm done with y'all. Guess what? And I was like, man, I, I really, you know, they were trying to ask me for a ransom for my archives. And I'm like, no, I'm not paying no rent. No, uh-uh. Not, I'm not even doing that. When I tell y'all. I was able to go to my email simply because I paid for the whole cloud and I found two, two years, the last two years. And y'all know how hard I have worked or not worked because <laughs> I automated a lot of stuff and, and particularly the writing and stuff work that I did over the last two years. And I was like, man, I've got to find this. Do y'all know that I was able to find that in my email simply because I'm paying for what is a terabyte of space, right? And I had all those emails because one of the things, too, GoDaddy stopped offering uh, on, on the platform that I was on over there. They were like, you got you to find another email. And I'm like, wait, but I pay for my email. I don't want the free email. I pay for email because I go pro. I gotta have, I've got to own my stuff, right? So, lo and behold, thank God for them having me select another email. And even on the phone with them, dude was like, well, you know, you should have that stuff on YouTube. Why would I have it on YouTube when I pay you for it, right? That's that, that, that's how bad it is. That is how bad it has gotten over there. But anyway, so lo and behold, I found two years of content email simply because I had this just this very simple automated feature turned on to where every week it would take all of the content over that past week, convert it to an email blast, and send that out to my subscribers. Subscribers are better than followers, okay? Followers, for the most part, most of them are hanging out in the troll zone, right? Look at that. I'm looking at some credits on television. Social media managers in the credits of this show. All right, so I'm just saying. So thank God for my subscribers because I had that feature on, and I'm like, wait a minute. If I did that for the website, now I need to do that for, because now instead of updating the website, as most of us are not, we're putting stuff on social media. We then go put a little bit on, keep a little bit on the website. Most of us have websites that direct people to our social media because we know that that's where everybody's at. But you got to say that, you know, and, and you can go on your social media. They tell you, you can download all your stuff, but why not just have it pulling all the time? So I put out a tip, go find the video in the, in my timeline and I'll share it again. I'll share it. In fact, I think I did a watch party and I think I'll do another watch party, but it tells you just a couple of tips of how to, turn your Facebook or your Instagram into an e-blast so that when you're out and about networking and getting email, uh, add that email to your subscriber list, let and the people get a welcome message, you know, cause, and they'll still have to opt in, but send them that opt in. Do like John Johnson, send them that, send 20,000 people that letter and get 3000 people to say yes. Right. Which is probably what they need to do again. I'm like, when the last time you had, have anybody got an email for having it yet? You know, anybody got a DM for, I'm like, how did, how have y'all not get, I ain't got a DM from them. And so, and I, I went over to their page and I was like, what the heck are they, what is this? 
I'm like, what is this? Literally, like, I mean, you go look, if you go look at their posts and you look at the comments on the post, people are like, what is this? What are y'all doing? And people, when people ask you, what are you doing? They really don't know, what are you doing? You know, I guarantee people are saying, man, I wish they did this and I wish they did that. That's the thing that you might need to do. That's the thing. No, that's the thing you definitely need to do. All right. Grant some wishes. All right. And I've granted wishes and wish you like people like, man, I wish you, I wish you told people how to do this. Well, now I do. I tell you, uh, go to askdrybus.com and book some time and let's talk about this thing. All righty. That's the end of this podcast. This is a long one, y'all. It's the weekend. It was the weekend wrap up of all the stuff that happened. We had the holiday and so forth and so on. But it, this is some of the greatest storytelling. And can I tell y'all, when I hit this stop button, do y'all know that when I hit the stop button, this is going to become a podcast. It's going to syndicate to all podcast platforms. And those who subscribe are going to then uh, full on listen and binge on this. That's why I love subscribers. And thank you to those dedicated subscribers um, that still help me do the thing that I love. And that is storytelling. That is absolutely storytelling. I hope y'all enjoy the stories I have told on here today by some of our most iconic people. And I am sad to see, I'm sad to see Ebony and Jet um, not be able to fully evolve. I'm sad to see that, but I'm happy to see that the Chicago Defender is going to try uh, something a little different, that they're going to evolve into a channel. They're going to evolve into a digital channel, which is, is awesome and amazing. So, and, uh, and they sent out, they did like John Johnson. They let several hundred thousand people know, and it got to the attention of some of us, and we let other people know. And now I'm going to make sure that I am subscribed to the channel. All right, y'all, let me get you to do one last thing. You know what that is. Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.